the Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 8, The Art to Coaching Basketball at the Highest Level. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. My goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports professional in a specific field in the sports industry. I hope today's episode can benefit you in relating to your studies or career prospects. Now, relating back to the show, today's special guest is Neil Meyer. Neil is the Senior Director of Basketball Operations at the National Basketball Association. In the last 20 years, Neil has coached basketball at the highest level by working with top teams in the NBA, such as the Santanio Spurs, Denver Nuggets, Portland Trail Blazers, Los Angeles Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. In today's episode, we'll be discussing Neil's career journey on how to coach basketball at the highest level. Neil, it's a privilege to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sport career journey to the listeners? When did it all start? Yeah, so for me, my career journey actually started um, in college. Um, uh, I was playing Division I basketball on a scholarship, um, and I actually got injured the first day of practice my freshman year. Um, and I'd always had a goal of trying to play professional basketball, whether that was in the NBA or Europe. Um, but the injury actually set me back, um, and I knew at that stage that I needed to find a career path. Um, and I utilized the, the, my scholarship and my chance to get a good education uh, at the University of San Diego to kind of push me forward and prepare, prepare me for uh, a career outside of basketball. Um, so having said that, that's where it started, and then that's when I really started to determine where I wanted to go. Um, and at the end of my basketball career, um, I started graduate school um, and started studying um, uh, to be uh, uh, maybe an athletic director at a university. So I was in, uh, in a master's program to get uh, educational leadership on uh, in sports management. Um, but fortunately, um, my, my college coach left and became a, an assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and because of my connection with him um, and him knowing that I had interest in working in the NBA uh, in the professional uh, level, um, you know, I was uh, given the opportunity for a, a video coordinator, assistant video coordinator position with the Spurs. Um, so that's kind of where my career journey started. Um, you know, but during my college career, I, I also knew I wanted to be in sports. Uh, so I also did internships. Um, I did one with the Continental Basketball Association, which was the professional minor league in the U.S., which is now kind of grown into the NBA Development League. Um, and then also during that time, um, they were based in Denver, Colorado. I also worked for the Denver Nuggets, um, helping run their youth basketball camps. That is great. Now, in regards to today's main topic, what core skills do you need to be able to work in the NBA relating to coaching? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, core, the core skills you need uh, to coach in the NBA, um, you know, you need to understand the game of basketball, have a, a solid knowledge of offensive strategy, defensive strategy, um, player development, uh, personality, and um, relationships uh, development. Um, so those are some of the key skills, um, along with just the basic skills of just having a, a hard, you know, a work ethic, um, the ability to work in teams and groups uh, are also key um, things as, as a coach. I know you mentioned to me that you did an internship first before you got the main job, but in regards to coaches, how important is it for them to build experience first before they get jobs in the higher up end of basketball, I representing those big teams in that league yeah it's very important you know I think even for me uh, you know the the pathway for coaching in Europe is a lot different than the pathway it is in the U.S. Uh, in Europe um, you have to go through coaching certification processes with the federations to get certain levels to be able to coach at specific levels in the U.S. it's a little different they don't have those type of certifications so for me I started getting my experience actually as a coach when I was a player because I'd spend time in the summers coaching at basketball camps, um, being a camp counselor. Um, so being around the sport, watching other coaches coach uh, at a young age. And then when I progressed um, to the internships and, and, and running youth camps, uh, as a technical director, I would implement coaching um, agendas. Um, I would meet with the coaches, go over the drills and things that they were going to cover. So it was kind of a progression. And then when I got to the NBA um, as an assistant video coordinator with the Spurs, I utilized that coaching that I received uh, at a younger age. Um, I used my playing experience. Um, and then I utilized um, the assistant coaches from the NBA teams to really help myself grow to become a coach because they gave me the opportunity to be on the court with them, helping rebound, helping pass, and helping implement the drills with the players. Um, and that, that's really where I got a lot of my key learning. And then from there, I was able to advance and move into other roles as, as far as becoming a head or a, a assistant coach. In regards to the youth camps, just relating back to the UK, is that all relating to grassroots sports? Yeah, I mean, yeah, youth camps, um, you know, the, the structures are a little different, but, but yeah, going and working through the Federation, um, through their coaching certification program, working youth basketball camps from a young age for kids 7 to, to 15 years old is a great learning ground um, because they're learning, you're learning, and you figure out what works and doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, grassroots is a great area uh, for, for coaches to learn. With regards to going back to your coaching career, how important is player management at the high level? Oh, it, you know, at the high level, it's it's very important. Um, you know, you have the X's and, X's and O's aspect of it, but being able to manage players at the NBA level it is it's difficult, um, but it's doable and manageable. But in order to do that, you have to you have 15 different personalities on your team, and being able to manage a superstar. Um, and a role player and a, a player that's the 15th man who's kind of on the injured list, they're all different. But as a coach, it's key to be able to gain the respect of all the players. And the way you do that is by communicating with them properly, 
by treating everyone equal, whether they're a superstar or a role player. Because if you don't gain their respect and you don't deliver the same message along all the lines, the players aren't going to respect you and they're not going to listen to you. Having said that, there's different ways of communicating that to players. Some players can take yelling, some don't like yelling. So you have to figure out how those players respond to your communication and be able to deliver it in different ways. Did you apply any strategies looking back now? Uh, to the players? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to. You have, you have to sometimes understand the player and sometimes they, don't, they, they can be resistant to change or resistant to suggestions. So sometimes you even have to try to manipulate a little bit to make it think it's their decision that they're deciding, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Or they're coming back and say, hey, yeah, you know, this is, uh, this is the way I want to do it. And you're like, okay, perfect. So you have to kind of work within different parameters for different players, but sometimes sell it to make them think it's their idea. Also, as a coach, how did you cope with the pressure of defeat after a game? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the MB, from an NBA perspective, it's a long season. So you're playing 82 games um, and then potentially playoffs. Um, so you really, you can't take the losses too, too hard and you can't take the wins too high. So you really got to have a balanced uh, perspective throughout the season and, and really manage that because players read off of the coach. And if the coach is getting way down because we lost, then the players are going to get down. Or if the coach gets way too excited and too confident after a win, then the players are like, okay, we're pretty good. Um, but you really just have to deliver an even-keeled message throughout the season. And there's times, you know, three or four times during the year where you're going to have to get on them and it's going to be yell and you're going to have to really dig into them. Um, and there's going to be times during the season where you really need to pat them on the back and give them encouragement and, and, and make them know that, hey, this is the process and we want to peak at the end of the season and when we're going into the playoffs. That's great. Now, in relating to your coaching career, how has you know, basketball developed from a coaching perspective, such as technology? Oh, I mean, basketball keeps developing. I mean, I, I spent 16 years coaching and working with different NBA teams. Um, and then I've spent five years here now in NBA, uh, for the NBA in Europe. Um, and, and the game's evolving all the time. Um, you know, when I came in, uh, well, 20 years ago now, um, you know, player development wasn't very big. Statistics wasn't very big. Training teams and the, and the medical um, rehab processes weren't as important. Um, and that's all changed now. I mean, the, the game's evolved and the style of play has changed. But from a, from a, a technology standpoint, the NBA's replay center they use for the referees, the, the um, treatment processes that strength and conditioning coaches and trainers use have all changed and testing has changed. Um, and then from a, a statistical standpoint, the analyt analytics of the game have really changed. And in the past you know, five years, Teams really rely on analytics. They hire specific people to do analytics studies on statistics with players and how players have progressed over time, looking back at the historical trends. So it's been a big part of it. Um, but also, having said that, from a statistical standpoint, um, there's still got to be a gut and feel uh, when, when you're evaluating players and talent uh, that you have to stick with. So I think you got they got to be used together. Relating back to the sports science part, because there's a lot of sports scholars who are studying that right now, 
how are psychologists and physiotherapists have an impact to a team throughout season? Yeah, I mean, they, 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 we use a lot of, the teams use a lot of that now. They have physical therapists that are around for day-to-day maintenance and then also for um, rehab uh, for major injuries. Um, you know, and they also use their strength and conditioning coaches to do maintenance, whether, you know, off-season training versus in-season training is completely different. Um, so uh, in-season, it's more maintenance stuff. Uh, out of season, it's more strengthening and trying to to build specific areas that a player may need. And the sports psychology part of it's big too. Um, you know, one area that I didn't really focus on is is also teams even are are using um, sleep trends and sleep patterns um, and trying to keep players and teams on similar time zones that they're used to, so they're not having this jet lag when going from East Coast to West Coast or because the, the hours are weird. So they try to keep them on certain sleep patterns. Um, but then sports psychology, you know, they teams have somebody who comes in and works with them and talks with them and, and you know, gets their feedback and thoughts and tries to help them mentally and uh, not only physically, but mentally focus on uh, areas to improve. That's really interesting, especially with the sleep patterns. On a personal note, what did you enjoy the most from your coaching career? Oh, I mean, for me, coaching... Um, you know, because I couldn't play at a, an elite level, uh, at a professional level, um, you know, it kept me around the game of basketball. Um, and it, it allowed me to continue th- through coaching to be in a competitive environment to, to ha- you know, I've always been competitive and always wanted to succeed. And having the opportunity at, at the co- at highest level uh, in the world to coach and, and compete for an NBA championship and be with a team on a day-in and day-out basis and help players improve and get better um, is very rewarding. And then going to a team, you know, for example, the Los Angeles Clippers, when we weren't, they weren't having much success, but when, when I came in with Mike Dunleavy as an assistant coach there and to see the success we had uh, over the five years we were there and make it into the playoffs and make it into the second round, playoffs was very rewarding. And, and that part of coaching is great. Now, relating back to your current job, what is your main role now in the NBA? Yeah, so my main role is I oversee basketball operations for Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And a big part of what we do is trying to work with our key basketball stakeholders, uh, which could be the basketball federations or basketball clubs or just basketball groups in the communities in the different countries to help grow the game of basketball, get more kids participating at a younger age, um, and creating a pipeline, um, so to speak, with, with these groups, whether it's a, an elite pipeline that might lead to the national team or a non-elite pipeline that just uh, leads to casual playing, that p- people that love the game of basketball want to play at, a, at a, just a fun uh, level. Um, you know, with the hopes of maybe it leads to the elite part leads to a um, maybe a national team player that ends up playing for Germany or the United Kingdom or or Spain, or maybe leads to an international player making it all the way to the NBA, which, it, you know, in Europe, we have uh, this year over 56 players that are from Europe of the 102 plus players that we have in the NBA currently. And then it also those non-elite players, um, we hope to create future fans of basketball, whether it's for your national team or for your, your local club team or for the NBA. So that's a big part of what we do here. Especially with the build up to the Olympics coming up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, the Olympics coming up is great for basketball around the world. Uh, you know, obviously football is uh, probably the number one sport globally, but basketball is uh, right there as, as the number two sport. And I think it's a sport that's exciting to watch, fun to play. And I think, you know, the exposure of the Olympics coming up in the summer, you know, seeing the USA men's team and, and the top teams from around the world compete is only going to raise the profile of basketball. In relating to your career, what transferable skills have you applied from your coaching career into your current job now? So, you know, for me, I've used a lot of them. Obviously, um, uh, from coaching, I've, I've used, uh, um, you know, teamwork, um, uh, my competitiveness, um, the, uh, the desire of, or the desire of, of being successful, but, but also communication is key. Um, because when you're working in a team environment, uh, such as the NBA, um, all different groups, we have our own teams, but we also are a larger team altogether. So I think it's key for us to know that we're all working together for the same goal, uh, as a group. Um, and then to see that success and then also to see the success of my current team in basketball operations, delivering basketball clinics getting more kids participating, working with our basketball stakeholders to grow the game of basketball. I think we're at a great stage of the interview, Neil. At the end of each interview, I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to a university or college sports student who wants to pursue a career in coaching? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, obviously pathways are different, uh, you know, depending on if you're in Europe or the U.S., but the biggest part is if they're interested in pursuing a coaching career, um, especially here in Europe, you know, I think working through your, your university or the basketball federation in the, in the country you're in um, and, and getting that coaching cer certification, finding opportunities um, to get into the community or um, into a basketball club to help um, get kids participating, learn the coaching skills you need at, at a lower level, and then progress through your certifications from level one, two, and three to where you can coach at an elite level. Um, and, and I think the other big key for a university student is doing internships, doing networking, getting to know the people in the industry you want to work in, because a lot of the sports industry is about knowing somebody that can help you get an opportunity, but then once you get that opportunity, having the skills and ability to deliver that, um, that uh, basketball knowledge or that coaching uh, at that level. Neil, that is great. How can people interact with you? Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, um, I, I'm on uh, Twitter, um, so through those uh, means, you can find me on, uh, on those uh, platforms and, and connect with me. To all the listeners out there, all of Neil's links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Neil, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been fun. What a really fascinating career journey from Neil. I hope you found Neil helpful with regards to how you can be a coach in the NBA. What I learned the most from Neil was his in-depth knowledge about basketball, especially how the sport is growing around the world. If you want to connect with Neil, please head to my website and go to the podcast page where you can find links and resources relating to today's episode. At the end of each episode, i like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Neil said, A lot of the sports industry is about knowing somebody that can help you get an opportunity. When you get that opportunity, is having the skills and the ability to deliver success. In life, there are people around us who will provide us that one chance and that one opportunity to really prove ourselves. 
But the thing is, it all depends on how you react to it and how you want to apply your skills to be able to deliver success.